Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And today, our guest is Susan Cachet, who is a nutritionist and a counselor, and she specializes in mineral nutritional balancing. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here to speak with you today. It's happy to have you. I'm happy to have you here. And I'm interested in what mineral nutritional balancing is. Let's start there. What, what is that? Okay, that sounds great. So mineral nutritional balancing is the brainchild of Dr. Paul Eck, who did research um, many years ago, and he started to look at hair mineral analysis and to look at you know, is there a way to to identify deep stress patterns that are in the body? And is there a way from there to work on balancing those stress patterns in, in order to improve overall health? And so that's what mineral nutritional balancing is based on. It, it's a program that looks at the body as an overall system. And a lot of people have heard um, the expression, you know, germ theory versus terrain theory. And mineral nutritional balancing is really all about terrain theory, meaning that we're really focusing on the health of the overall body as a whole system. So when you do that and you're increasing the vitality and the energy levels in the body, increasing immunity, oftentimes the symptoms that people will often complain about will start to disappear, right? Because when you increase the energy levels and the vitality, those conditions cannot exist in, in a really strong, healthy, resilient body. So that's what mineral nutritional balancing is all about. It's looking at mineral levels, um, uh, vitamin levels, your lifestyle, gentle detoxification, you know, self-care practices, and it's bringing it all together. So it's, it's quite comprehensive. Um, it ties... Yes, ties ties the body and the mind together, and I use a term called body mind. Um, ties them together because they're very closely linked. So you know, also focusing on our thoughts and how that influences the body, and and it's a way of really just maximizing our our overall health and vitality. Wow, that's a lot. That's it quite is a lot. <laughs> now, my possible misunderstanding from the past that this has something to do with their hair or that the hair has a plays a role in this. Can you tell me about that? It does. So we start with a hair sample, sending in a hair sample down to a lab in the States. And that actually allows us to look at mineral levels in the body and also stress patterns in the body at a cellular level. So essentially it's, it's a tissue biopsy, looking at what's happening in the body at a cellular level. So unlike blood, hair is a tissue test um, that gives us a better look at what possible stress patterns there are. So we can actually um, focus on prevention of illness happening. And we do that by balancing the body and alleviating those stress patterns in, in the body before they can manifest in a more severe way. But the body will maintain the levels of nutrients in the blood at the cost of all other tissues, which means that you can have a blood test and you can be like, well, th this is great. I'm you know, pretty close to the normal range or I'm in the normal range, but yet the levels are off at a cellular level, at a tissue level. And so 
you really, by the time that your blood tests show that things are off, things at a, at a cellular level, at the level of the tissues, really is usually even more severe. So what I love about using hair mineral analysis as sort of the, the starting block for this program is, is allows us to see things even before they manifest uh, in, in various ways in the body. Yeah, that's wonderful. How does it show, or is it possible to explain how it shows stress, how your, the, the information you get shows stress levels? Okay, so because we test the mineral levels and the heavy metal levels in the hair sample, what we know from Dr. Paul Eck's research is that when the sodium and potassium levels are very low on a hair test, um, even if the blood levels are fine, on a hair test when the levels are low, it shows very low energy levels in the body. And, and I would say 99.9% .9 of the time when people are showing very low levels at uh, on a hair test, that's definitely one of the things that is their main complaint. Fatigue, low energy, um, you know, trouble sleeping, digestive issues, all sorts of things. When calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium are all low, on a hair test it's a special pattern what we call a four lows pattern and it's even a deeper level of burnout and signifies just general lower levels of minerals lower energy levels lower vitality and we actually often see that cancer will start to manifest in people with a four lows pattern or more serious illnesses over time will start to manifest so if we can correct that four lows pattern especially before a person reaches that stage, that's where we get into balancing the body and prevention. If phosphorus and zinc are low on a hair test, it will often signify that there's um, not enough healthy protein in the body um, and there's digestive issues. So there's markers that we look for that indicate those different stress patterns. And yeah, one of the other things is interesting with, with regards to heavy metals is when, when people first do the test, they will often have a misconception that the lower the level of the metals on the test, the better. But right. what we know is that even if a person is being as careful as they possibly can be, we're all exposed to metals all the time, heavy metals in our environment, just from our food supply, from the air, um, the soil of foods grown in. Some foods are naturally high in various metals, like teas are often high in nickel. Um, rice is high in arsenic. So we accumulate metals from everywhere. What we look for on a hair test is that we want a person to be pushing out at least the average level of metals that we know that everyone is being exposed to because that shows us that their detoxification systems are working well. When those levels are below average or sometimes what I see significantly below average, it means that the person's detoxification pathways aren't working very well. And what's happening is they're storing a lot of the metals in their tissues, which again, even if they're not noticing a significant amount of symptoms down the road as those start to accumulate more, if the person isn't doing something to increase their, their natural ability to, to detox, those metals and toxins will start to build up and, and cause problems. Yes, I can understand that. Now, what just as a starting point, when someone comes and you see that result, what kind of help will you give them nutritionally? So it's a multifaceted program. Um, and some people will do all of the, the program. It's very comprehensive. Some people will start with parts of it. 
but there are supplements that are recommended based on that hair tissue mineral analysis. And, and again, I love using that as a guide because oftentimes if people go to the health food store just to pick up, you know, any general supplement, um, it, they can actually move their body chemistry further out of balance. So right. I really think just picking random supplements aside from ones like vitamin D or fish oil, or, you know, some of the basic nutrients are, are fine for everybody and, and universal generally, but some of the more specific formulas can actually move somebody into further stress. So if somebody's a, a what we call a fast oxidizer, meaning that their body's under enough stress that the adrenals and the thyroid gland on a hair test are too fast, if they're taking a lot of stimulating supplements, um, you know, even a general vitamin B supplement, it can be moving them faster into faster oxidization and further out of balance. So I love that the hair test also allows us to have a guide to know exactly what a person needs. So the first thing would be a few supplements to help balance those stress patterns that we're seeing. Um, or, you know, if there, if there's, um, some deficiencies, we can look at that and address that as well. Um, the other would be diet. So on the hair test, we're able to identify if a person is a fast oxidizer or a slow oxidizer. And the eating plans are generally the same, except for that fast oxidizers need a little bit more healthy fat. And that's to help slow them down because they go through their nutrients, burn through their nutrients so quickly. Whereas slow oxidizers, we want to increase their digestive fire and their, their energy level in the body. So we do slightly less fat um, and, and more healthy carbohydrates for them. So, and then there's individual um, uh, requirements that we, we take into consideration, such as food intolerances or food allergies or digestive symptoms that, that I would then sort of adjust the diet even further. So th that's a big one, right? And most of the things that are affect our health are the habits that we do every day. And obviously we eat every day, right? So right. Um, there's never one diet fits all, but the hair test in the program and just even doing the, um, the, the history gathering that I do with people allows me to make recommendations for them that help increase their body to, to greater health. So it's, it's a little bit individualized, but definitely there's some uh, uh, staple components like, you know, lots of cooked vegetables, healthy sources of protein, healthy sources of fat, complex carbohydrates. Right. And then, of course, you have to eat them. Yes. <laughs> yes yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Telling them about it is wonderful. And, and helping them, maybe that's where the counseling part comes in. Right. Exactly. Yes. Could tie that in. Do it. Um, yes. That, that, and to some degree, I wonder that when you were talking, it made me think um, people, a lot of people are in a lot of stress. Well, right now, I mean, we yes. have almost two years of complete stress of the world is on fire out there and we don't know whether we're going to get sick from something or a friend deal or a family, well, I mean, people are dying. How does that show up? I imagine it must show up in people's body. Yes. You mean in the, in the, on the hair test in their the body? Hair testing, yeah. Yes. You know, I've seen a lot more people with, um, high levels of sodium potassium, which is a high stress pattern. More people that have dropped down into what we call a four lows pattern, which is a burnout pattern. Um, more people that have calcium and magnesium depleted. Calcium, magnesium, and zinc are our main calming minerals. And when the body is in what we call sympathetic dominance or fight or flight, it, it's really under a lot of stress. Interestingly enough, the body will actually get rid of calcium and magnesium and zinc 
partly because it burns through them faster. The other part is it gets rid of them because it thinks it, it might need to, to, to run away or fight at any time. And so actually increasing those three nutrients, especially if we can see on a hair test that those are our primary ones that are needed, can help reduce stress. So I definitely have seen a shift in the last couple of years overall with what I'm seeing on the hair tests where people are tending to have a little bit more extreme stress patterns. And, you know, it's definitely one of the reasons why doing a program like this that does involve some of the self-care. We talked about supplements, diet, then there's self-care practices like getting enough sleep, like some gentle detox, getting fresh air every day, enough good source of, of water, right? Keeping well hydrated. So the program is a wonderful um, way to help yourself get healthier and actually prevent contracting any kind of virus um, right. or flu or anything like that, right? We all wanna do the most that we can to protect ourselves. And this is definitely one way that's a, a wonderful comprehensive way to do that. that. That sounds like what you're saying, it also helps to build your immune system. Is that Absolutely, oh. absolutely, yeah. There was something about cortisol, but I didn't hear you mentioning that, but is that part of this issue? It is, so that's part of the stress response. And so when cortisol increases on a hair test, we actually see it increase in the increased sodium and potassium levels. Ah, okay. And so of course, that, that's the main stress hormone and a lot of people are experiencing higher levels of cortisol levels in the last couple of years due to the stress, definitely. That, that makes sense. So how did you get into this? This is fascinating. How, how did you find your way to this place? You know, I've been a nutritionist since, um, oh gosh, I think 1995. And I, I was doing primarily work with allergies and I stumbled across hair mineral analysis. I said, well, what's all this about? And I started doing the program myself and I thought, well, you know, before I do start working with it with clients, I'm going to see how I do on it. And it was the deepest healing program I had ever come across. And there was no turning back for me. It's primarily what I do in my practice now because I find it it's so effective. Um, you need to stick with it and you need to do it, right? That's the thing. You need to no, be motivated no. in order to put, you know, do, do uh, the procedures and and look at your lifestyle, take a close look at your lifestyle. Cause as I mentioned before, it's our habits and what we do every day um, that really determine our overall health and vitality wow. level have such an impact with that. So for me, I just noticed such a difference with myself that um, I started to work with it, my clients and I saw results that I hadn't seen before. Um, different symptoms and conditions were clearing up that, you know, we had tried everything with and people were noticing a huge difference. And I actually train other practitioners in mineral nutritional balancing now and on my website, uh, which we'll give at the end, you can see that there's a, a practitioner training page for, you know, other practitioners that might be interested in, in learning about this program because it's a, it's a wonderful deep healing program. That sounds great. Now, how much is involved on a person? Because we, we say and we understand that you have to do it to have yeah. all the knowledge, and all the information. But uh, what is involved if, if someone says, if you find that you've got these deficiencies, yes, you can take some supplements. I mean, that's, I think, relatively simple if people <laughs> will put them in their mouth. But what else? I mean, changing lifestyles. So here we are in the middle of the pandemic, and a lot of people are experiencing, as I have experienced, 
that my level of activity on normal everyday activity went way down. I have to get myself up to do something. Is that part of it, helping them with you know, exercise and things? Absolutely. Absolutely is part of it. So um, how much of the program that people do is very individualized. And I always tell people, you know, it's not 100% or nothing. You just put one foot in front of the other and start with small steps. And the more that you get into the habit of doing things, the more that you can add in. Um, and so small steps for some people is definitely the way to go. And so, yes, part of it is getting up, getting more movement, right? Our bodies are meant to move. And the interesting thing is too strenuous or intense exercise can actually tax our adrenal glands more and produce more cortisol. So you want to also look at your body chemistry in a hair test and go, well, you know, what kind of exercise is best for my body? For the majority of people, it's mild to moderate exercise. So we're talking walking, Pilates, jumping on a rebounder is great. It helps the lymphatic system and it's easy to do and it's fun. You put on some music. Um, so all of those gentle kind of, of moderate movement is wonderful. Um, but yes, it, we need to be able to get up and do it again. Same with diet, right? You were saying, yes, we need to eat that food. And so changing our thoughts, getting enough sleep, making our health and ourselves and our self-care practices a priority is, is really important, you know, especially now. So it's now it's, it's probably more important than ever. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. that, to help ourselves be, be strong in this world. The other part of this is, you know, you're eating what we what is recommended, but it's also not eating some of the things that I guess we've gotten into habits of eating. Yes. Uh, and, and that's sometimes I think harder for people to let go of than it is to take something else on. Exactly. And so a part of what I do when I work with people is I talk about removing interference, right? Um, that's a big part of health as well. It's it's adding adding in procedures and self-care practices and foods that are good for your body and will make your body stronger. And then removing interference of what actually interferes with our body functioning as it should. And that can be anything to, you know, negative thought patterns, looking at your relationships and looking at, okay, well, how healthy are my relationships? Looking at your job, looking at your daily habits. And, and so although things are uh, definitely challenging sometimes for people to change in terms of our habits, oftentimes we can at least make some substitutions or we can start to sort of change towards healthier patterns, right? So if you're having something like ice cream every night, you know, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but if you're having something that's um, that you feel like, you know what, why am I having this every night? I'm snacking on ice cream and chips and chocolate. You know, there's ways that you can go, well, I'm still gonna, gonna have something in the evening that's a snack and that tastes good, but it might be a little bit healthier, right? Like applesauce or, um, you know, something like that, so. Yeah, certainly, and in terms of relationships, in terms of jobs, I mean, one of the things that we're seeing in this pandemic is a lot of people re-evaluating their relationships, their jobs, um, and, and seeing whether they're valuable. I think in a time of stress like this, also, all of this a thought, I don't know if does anyone track such a thing, is as people get healthier, how do their relationships go and how do their jobs go? Or do they change jobs? Do they find something that's more satisfying for them, as is a food more satisfying? That is such an interesting question. The, the happier people are and the better they feel, oftentimes the healthier the choices they make. 
And so I find that when I'm working with people on the program, one of the things that I often hear is, you know, I just don't feel like eating chocolate anymore. I just don't feel like doing, you know, this negative habit anymore. So it's really interesting. Our bodies want to be in that state of feeling good and feeling healthy. And so, yes, I have seen, you know, through not only through the pandemic, but just as people are, you know, start the program and are working with me, that sometimes they look, let go of jobs that were no longer serving them. They think, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Like I have the energy and vitality and now the mindset to move on to something more positive. And it's the same with relationships. Or I've heard that, you know, their relationship has actually gotten a lot better because they're in a better place to be a better partner. Yes, absolutely. Well, and, and, and sometimes people have, I know I experienced some of this in my life, stayed in jobs because they were unhappy. And the only thing that was constant was the job, but now they feel better or healthier. They might say, well, maybe I'll try something else. And that, that can be useful too. Exactly. Is there any difference for people between seasons? Is there any seasonal difference in terms of how either the hair tests or how you find them and help them? Not, um, not on the hair tests. Like if I were to look at, well, a hair test in the summer versus a hair test in the winter, right. there wouldn't be necessarily that. There are differences in places that people live. There can be because of differences in soil and exposure to metals and different things. And, um, you know, even job exposure will make a difference for sure. In terms of, um, you know, what I would recommend for diet seasonally, there is a difference. Um, it really is nice to eat what's in season and local to your your community and your area. Definitely during the fall and winter months when things are colder for most people, it's nice to eat nicer to eat more uh, warming, nourishing foods that are what we call more yang and increased digestifier rather than cold foods that we consider to be more yin in Chinese terminology, the cold damp foods that can make the body more cold and damp. Right. So seasonally, that that's the main difference in terms of, you know, food recommendations, diet recommendations, but not so much with the, the differences in the in the hair test. But what we do when someone's on a program is we recommend retests every three to four months so that we can update a person's program. So when they they do their initial test, they're going to show certain stress patterns and and recommendations will be made. But the body is starts to shift and heal. And when that happens, we want to adjust the program so we keep the person moving forward on the program. And uh, that allows us to do that. It's really quite fascinating because what we can see is as the body starts to get healthier on the program, all of a sudden we see these huge dumps of, of toxic metals, right? The body's getting healthier and it's releasing what has been sequestered in the tissues. And it's lovely because it's in a safe way um, when the body is ready to do so, as opposed to chelation therapy, which can be quite harsh on the body, right? It's pulling metals out kind of that right. are more superficial. So it's a longer term program, but it's really quite, um, uh, you know, wonderful in, in terms of how it works and how, you know, there's these ups and downs of the body going through releasing different metals and toxins from, from various storage sites. Well, some of what you said made me think about it, and then you used some things that talked about Chinese. Is this sounds a bit like Chinese medicine or has elements of that? Is that part there, of it? Yeah, there are elements in terms of looking at the body as a whole system, making the body more yang, increasing the digestifier. Some of the dietary principles that I adhere to are similar 
definitely to some of, of the recommendations that um, Chinese, uh, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners use as well. Sounds fascinating. Now, is there any difference, or what difference is there between men and women in, the, in what you notice? Oftentimes, generally, so this is a generalization because there's always exceptions, sure. but I find that generally women tend to have a slower oxidation rate, um, meaning that their thyroid and adrenal glands tend to be slower. Um, whereas men generally tend to have a little bit of a faster oxidation rate. Um, so for, for a lot of women that I deal with, there's a hormonal issue and that will often influence their ability to detox heavy metals and toxins. Um, so there, there's definitely some differences there in, in terms of what I see on the hair tests and therefore what recommendations I would make um, for a program. Right. And do you work with any children, any people under adult age? I mean, is that yes, children. Yes, we're, I work with children as well. We start uh, children on programs as early as about a year. Wow. Um, and what's lovely is that, you know, they don't really usually need very much. It's, it's looking at diet mostly for them. Um, massaging babies and children's feet can be really helpful. There's so many different points, reflexology points on the feet. Even that in younger children can really just help their detox pathways, calm the nervous system right down. And it's lovely. So there's more basic recommendations uh, for, for the younger ones, but we definitely work with them. And, and one of the focuses of my practice as well is definitely focusing on the nervous system, right? The autonomic nervous system. Um, I find that when that is calm, then, you know, the body just detoxes a lot more easily. We have more positive thoughts. We're in a better mood. And especially during this pandemic, that's been especially important to have that, that as a focus. Well, you just brought something up and I wonder about it. You mentioned reflexology. Now, is any part of what you do physical as to touching or because that's that's a touch? Right, exactly. So most of the clients that I work with are distance clients. And okay. for my for even my local clients, I'm not a reflexologist myself, but it's definitely right. something that I recommend that people either do on themselves. So, you know, if you're watching something, you can just pick up your foot and start massaging your foot. And in, there's foot reflexology charts. There's one on my website, or they can just be found online. And you can just feel the different points and take note of what points on your feet are the most sore. And that's usually the points that you need to spend a little bit more time with. But it, you know, if you have the ability to go to somebody to have that done and you feel comfortable doing that, Right now, during the pandemic, there's different uh, regulations in different right. areas. But I mean, that that's lovely to relax and have someone else do it for you. If you have a partner and you're on the couch watching something, you know, just rub each other's feet. It just it calms the nervous system right down. That is that's fascinating as a me medical recommendation because I find in my relationship, we've done that for years, and it just oh. hadn't thought about it in terms of, you know, this is yes. good for you. Other than it's fun or it's nice, it feels good. Yes, that's nice to know. That's that, wonderful. Is there anything um, that's similar to that in the hands? Because I find that massaging my hands has been something I've always wanted to do, always felt better to me when I did that. Yes, there's also points in the hands. There's also a lot of points in the ears. So, you know, again, that's easy to do yourself is to just even be pulling on your ears and pressing on the various points. And you'll probably notice that 
you know, wow, my thinking is more clear. My head is more clear and, you know, I just feel brighter. It's, it's amazing. So ears, hands, feet, all wonderful. Sounds like pulling my ear and, and, and it cleans out the rest of my head. I like that idea. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, I, this is really off, off, not off point, but when I was much younger, I like in my 20s, touching my feet was like uncomfortable, extremely. I didn't want anyone touching my feet. As my age, that has changed. I don't know if there's any reason for that or it just happens to be me. That's interesting um, because most children even love having their feet rubbed unless they have sort of this foot thing. So did you have a foot issue where you just didn't like people touching your feet for some reason? Yeah, I'm not thinking of it as a child child. I'm thinking of a teen, yeah. of oh, okay. 20s or 30s. Um, right. But I noticed that it was uncomfortable with that. And I notice, of course, now that I'm not. Yes. Were the points sore? Was it uncomfortable, meaning that they were sore or you just no, didn't? They, like... they were not sore. There was more either ticklish or just okay. don't touch me. Yes. Right. Okay. So maybe that's part of your personality that's relaxed and opened up and you're, you've been more receptive to that in later years. I certainly hope that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I also have another question, which is personal. How do you deal with someone who, like myself who you can hardly find any hair on my head? I mean, if you're going to do a test. Good question. So we can do facial hair. Um, if there's no head hair, we can do facial hair. We can do underarm or chest hair. Um, yeah, so that would be the next one. It's sort of going down. The further you get away from the head, the less accurate. So we like to kind of stay, you know, in the upper half of the body. If we needed to, we could do leg hair or pubic hair, but they're less accurate. Okay, well, I, that's fascinating. I had never thought of it until we started talking. Yeah. That I would, you know, I would not. I, I would think I would not be a candidate, but apparently, I can. Yes, absolutely, that. you are for sure. Testing done. So this has been a especially difficult time, the pandemic. What do you see coming out of it? Have you you found any special things that you're, I don't know, benefits, but help that have come that you learned that maybe down the road you'd like to see more of? Well, I'd like to see more more people take accountability for, for their health. One of the things that I found really frustrating during this pandemic is there's been very little um, information out there on mainstream media about actually how to boost our immunity naturally and, right. uh, and look after ourselves. So, um, you know, a little bit more is starting to come out, but I that's one thing that I would really love to see come out of this is, you know, how do we look after ourselves naturally to make us more resilient or as resilient as possible, right? To, to, to build up our immunity and our, our own strength. And, um, and so, you know, that's part of why I love my job so much is because that's exactly what I help people with. And, um, and I see other people, you know, some of my clients, they're actually having more time now to focus on self-care practices or uh, time with their family. And so many people are actually taking advantage of this extra time that they have where they're not running around and doing as much. And that's been really lovely to see. I mean, there's the flip side of that where I've seen more anxiety and more depression and that's, you know, need, been needed to be addressed. Um, but definitely people just looking after themselves more is, is something that I would, I would love to see sort of stem out of this for sure. Well, that's a, a wonderful vision. And I, I'm trying to hold on to that with you. Time is flying by. This is very fascinating. So we're almost out of time, but before we end, uh, if someone who would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? 
they can check out my website, susancachet.com, S-U-S-A-N-C-A-C-H-A-Y.com, or they can email me at susan at susancachet.com. That's, that's the best way to, to reach me. Well, that's wonderful. I, I think that's a lot of wonderful information that you have, and I appreciate you sharing that with everyone. I think one of the things that, that I'm hoping to do, and I think we have done it today, is to bring good news to people, good news that there are ways to deal with things and that they're real and they're available and you and anyone can do them. So I think that's wonderful. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of what I recommend or most of what I recommend is all things that people can do at home, right? They're not having to go out and do them. So, you know, that's that's another benefit of this program during this time in particular. Well, thank you. That's wonderful. I thank you. We have run out of time. I thank you, Susan, for being with us. And it's been great talking to you. Yes, thank you so much, Tom. Very appreciate it. You're, you're quite welcome. It's 